Um, during this time, again, like I said, if you have any questions, we will have a Q&A with Dave and Heather at the end. So, Dave and Heather, thank you for agreeing to do this. We appreciate it. Um, our first question is just, like I said, is just to get to know you a little bit. Um, so, what was your life like before your relationship with Jesus? What was your childhood like? Just kind of give some background, some famous, so we can understand kind of where you came from to how you got to where you are when you started your relationship with Jesus. Do you want me to go first? Okay. Uh, sure. Hi, I'm Heather. I'm glad to be here with you guys tonight. Hi. So, I grew up here in Eureka. I've always lived in Eureka, except a little tiny time when I didn't live in Eureka and I lived in Congerville. So I haven't gone very far, you guys. <laughs> and the weird thing about me is that I love change. So it's kind of weird that I've never really changed locations of where I've lived, but I've done cool different things anyway to make things change up in my life. But with my childhood, um, I grew up in a family with a mom and a dad and two sisters. I'm the oldest of three girls. And my mom and dad, um, my mom became a Christian when I was in maybe first grade. And then my dad just became a Christian and decided to follow Jesus when, what, probably six years ago? Six years ago. So not very long ago. So I didn't have a dad, really, that followed Jesus um, through my childhood or, you know, it, it was long into my adulthood and I was long married and out of the house before he followed Jesus. So with that, I grew up in a house that, um, you know, it was a little bit different where my dad respected the way my mom raised us to, you know, to love Jesus and she showed us how. Um, and I ended up uh, following Jesus in sixth grade, uh, made that decision, which was the best decision of my life, and I'm thankful for it. I wasn't, um, we went out to Newcastle Bible Church, that's kind of where um, I grew up learning about Jesus, and um, I'm very thankful for that, uh, for the leaders there who taught me um, in that time, so uh you know, the childhood wasn't always easy for me um, with a mom and a dad who were on different pages spiritually, but I am thankful that my dad respected that my mom was okay with us doing, you know, <laughs> Jesus things is what he would call it sometimes, and he wouldn't fight us going to church. He wouldn't always go with us and things like that, but we were okay with that, and he would come with us on, you know, Christmas and Easter and stuff like that, so... Um, but it was cool when his his own salvation story is kind of neat where um, when his dad was dying, actually, he was sitting by his bed and he wanted to be able to tell his dad that he would see him someday. So he, my mom uh, led him to Jesus while while he was sitting by his, his dad's bed um, before he died. So it was very cool about six years ago. So all that to say... Um, I learned about Jesus and started following Jesus in sixth grade. And, uh, and then Dave. So time before becoming yep. a Christian. So I grew up in a moral home uh, in the big city of Congerville, outside of Congerville. Um, and yeah, I grew up with a sister who's four years older. We started going to church in seventh or eighth grade. Um, 
I'm not really sure what suddenly led to that decision, but we started going to a church here in Eureka. And uh, yeah, it was a moral home, but um, I wouldn't necessarily say I understood what, who Jesus was, what the gospel was, until I uh, started meeting friends in high school or middle school, high school, who witnessed to me, who took me to uh, church events, including at Eureka Bible, was a significant ministry to me growing up that influenced me. Um, but then we started dating my junior year. And I, I specifically remember, and I've said this before on a Sunday, I specifically remember at a concert my sophomore year, um, the altar call happened because that was a, a thing in the 90s. And, uh, um, and I, I specifically remember telling the Lord, no, I'm not doing that. I know I'm supposed to trust in you. I'm no, I know I'm supposed to say yes to you, but uh, I'm not doing that. I'm not walking down there. I'm not, because I, I'm, I'm too embarrassed. I'm all the, all the social part of it. And uh, by God's grace, he continued to pursue me and love me. And so then we started dating maybe a year after that. And uh, she was a Christian. I was not. It was obviously very important to her mom that the three girls, the daughters, date and pursue uh, godly men. And so she was on Heather probably on the first date. Leading After up to the it. first date, she's like, you can't keep dating this guy if he doesn't know and follow Jesus. It's just not right. You know, you can't keep pursuing or you can't let it, you can't keep dating him. It's because it's just, your heart's just going to keep getting entangled with a guy who isn't going the same path you are. Look at my life. You don't want that, right? And I'm like, no, you're right. So um, I was going on a missions trip to Trinidad that next summer. And so I was learning this little um, basically word picture of a cliff, you know, like you're on one side of the cliff and God's on the other side of the cliff. And the only way to get from one side of the cliff to the other to God is through Jesus. So there's a big cross in the middle. So I was, you know, learning it so I could explain it to little kids when I was there and things. So I happened to be learning all of this stuff one night, um, just a few weeks into dating when Dave came over. And so he was like, what are you, you know, what are you doing? So I explained the whole plan of salvation to Dave through <laughs> through all of that and kind of practiced on him. And I asked, you know, like, do you mind if I practice on you? Because I have to learn this for, for summer. So to kind of showed him the whole thing. and Yeah, so I, I went home that night and, and trusted in the Lord. I mean, and I had heard the gospel um, multiple times, but for some reason it clicked that night, not just because of the delivery, although delivery was good, I'm sure. Uh, but it... It made sense in, in God's good providence. My future wife led me to Christ. And uh, yeah, so that was my junior year in high school. And I didn't give him an ultimatum like, listen, if you don't accept Jesus, no. I'm breaking up with you. I never said that. I was, that was my intention. And I was like, going to be like, yeah, yeah, or this isn't going to go any farther in my own heart. But I never said anything. But I was just going to kind of see what, what happened after that conversation. And it ended up being really good and very cool. So, Dave, you kind of answered the second question. What moments um, or events led up to your conversion when you accepted Jesus Christ? But, Heather, tell us a little bit more about how you came to know Jesus personally. So, um, yeah, so in sixth grade, they, specifically at Newcastle, they kind of take you through a discipleship program. Um, they kind of, they're really, they were very specific on, 
you know, teaching you Bible verses and like Romans road things and like learning all of those things. Well, that was, that was totally foreign to me. I didn't, didn't know any of that stuff. So, you know, because I wasn't, we, you know, we were consistent going to church, but I didn't have anything like that at home. So, um, you know, mom did the best she could, but she was trying to do all of the things. Um, so it was, yeah, I actually had a, another lady at church too who said, you know what, let me, let me show you. And so she was very influential too. And so basically taught me everything about the plan of salvation and um, basically through Romans and stuff. And that was a very, yeah, basically all have fallen short of the glory of God. And I mean, all those verses I learned when I was little still know in my heart. And it's cool. Yeah, that's yeah. super awesome. Yeah, it's very it's cool, cool to see someone take you and walk you through that. Someone who yeah. wasn't from your family. Was right. A lady from your church who was faithful in doing that. Mm -hmm. yeah. So um, the next step, so we see life before Christ. We see conversion um, to, uh, in a relationship with Christ. And the last kind of background question before we get into more specific questions are, what has your life been s since Christ? How has uh, Jesus Christ changed your life? How has the gospel taken over you? What are some evidences that the Holy Spirit is living in you? So what are some big changes that you've noticed um, from not being a believer to now being a believer? You can try. Huh? You want to think? I would just say, like, there's nothing that's not changed, you know? I don't think, I think that when you follow Jesus, when you choose to follow Jesus, if something's not changing, that should give you a red flag, like, oh, you know, maybe I need to be a little more intense about following Jesus if something's not changing in your life, because I think he needs to take a hold of everything. So, I don't know. Um, yeah, so for, for me, it'd be a understanding of grace, understanding of God's grace, and that God's grace covers the things in my life that I couldn't, I didn't think could be covered. Mm-hmm that couldn't be forgiven, couldn't be uh, set free of, you know, like these kind of things, and that God's grace covers, but also God's grace changes, ch changes my heart, has, mm -hmm. continues to change my heart. Um, right. So that's probably an understanding of grace um, continues to be a big thing for me. And just feel, yeah, there's just joy. There's a deep joy, no matter what, if it's hard or if it's, like, life isn't always easy, but it's like, but there can always be this, this deep-rooted joy and peace as you walk through whatever you're walking through because he's there. And it's, yeah, it's life-changing. And I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, so with having been changed by the gospel, how has that influenced your parenting? How have you incorporated the gospel of Jesus um, into your parenting of, of your two kids? I'll let you give yours. Ain't I'm just I'll, getting my I'll phone out not to check my <coughs> social media, yeah, he's just not to just look at my notes, okay? I'll, I guess I'll also add, like, parent, maybe also future in-laws or, you know, sure. significant others of kids as well. So our kids, just so you know kind of where we're at, so our kids are 21 and 19, soon to be 22 and 20. And Maddie's going to get married this summer in June. And, Eli, you know, Eli's dating pretty serious now, too, so... Our kids are well going into adulthood, which is super weird. Because I remember when they're sitting in your shoes right now. And so it's just a weird, cool thing to, to see. Um, 
if you've ever seen us do ministry together, uh, this little thing just somehow just stirs it, it up. Me <laughs> um, so I complete sentences just like I fill out whiteboards. Right. Uh, so, <clears throat> so Heather's answer at lunch today when we talked, um, how has the gospel in- impacted or changed our parenting? Uh, it is our parenting. The gospel is not an add-on. Yeah. The gospel is not a, um, uh, well, we do that on Sunday mornings or we do that before bed or we, uh, or it doesn't, I mean, it affects everything. How we view school, how we view, how we view uh, friendships, dating, uh, work ethic, chores, I mean, all those kinds of things. So it's, it's been the overarching theme through all that. Right. Um, and then the other thing which we failed to bring tonight is uh, uh, years ago when our kids were little, we created uh, values, or they're called the Steinbeck family rules, and it ended up being 13 different phrases that we wanted to reinforce to our children as they aged. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, um, uh, work hard and do everything for God's glory, uh, trust God and his word completely, pursue humility and put others before yourself, live the adventure, or fully live the adventure, walk by faith and uh, uh, fully live the adventure that God has you on. Mm-hmm. Um, just these phrases that we tried to reinforce to our children because we felt like um, that would bear fruit if over time. Right, so those so. were normal conversational phrases that we used in our parenting, like, and we would point to them even on the, <laughs> on, hey, look, you know, like, or when they did something, like, oh, you're living the adventure God has you on. Way to go, you know, and we like totally reinforced it all the time. And yeah, we still, they're still up on our wall and I don't know that they will ever come down because it's just part of who we are. And it's bronze. It's who, yeah, it's how we raised them. It's just, and we didn't always get it right, but it's what we strived to do for sure. Next question. What is one thing that you would tell your mid-20ish self or whenever you were first becoming a parent, what is something that you wish you could tell yourself knowing how you handled first becoming a parent or parenting when you had younger kids? Yeah, we were 23 and 25 when we had our kids. So we're still really young, you know. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so our life... It's funny because we were laugh. We were just really kind of laughing at the table today. Like, we would just tell our twenty-year-old selves, you know, slow down. And and it's really funny because we're in the like a super intense season of our life now. And like, well, we haven't learned it when our when our in our mid forties right now. We haven't learned how to slow down now. So what made us think that our twenty-year-old souls would have listened to us then? So, um, but like slowing down to just like keep choosing simple keep choosing like I think everybody around you will keep wanting you to run with them and do all the things and it's okay to go no we're not going to do all the things with you and like there was one summer where we just said you know what no activities we choose no activities and it was the best summer ever it was just amazing it was it was so cool. Yeah. And so people looked at us funny, but we didn't really care. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it was we were getting great summer. So like in the <clears throat> along that is uh, Deuteronomy six says, um, uh, "Listen, Israel, the uh, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These words that I am giving you today are to be upon your 
heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house or your of your house and on your city gates. But um, this thread of disciple making through the course of life, like we would pray with our children as we took them to school um, when we drove them, uh, and, but just trying to fight for margin because it seems like mar- disciple-making happens in the margin as well as in the coming and going. Mm-hmm. Um, and so trying to fight for simplicity is probably what we would have told our 20-something and still tell our 40-something. Um, and yeah, seeing it, the disciple-making opportunities as you go versus thinking it's going to be this formal, glorious light from heaven your children, like just sitting at your feet. Please teach us something. We want to learn something. I wait upon your your right. word. Like it, it's it's going to happen through the course of life. That's been the best moments for us. Right. Yeah, long into their adulthood now. So. Or when you're, it's like, twelve thirty, and you're exhausted, and then they sit on your bed and right. want to talk. Then you need to be awake and you want to talk. That's exactly when you need to talk, mm-hmm. even though you're tired. Yeah, like, go away. <laughs> I want to go to bed. But this is a God, God-given moment. This is Let's when go. we talk. Here we go. Okay. So. A couple more questions left. Uh, what is one piece of advice that you'd like to give to students as they interact with their parents? It was hard for me to narrow it down to just one piece of advice. You, you can give a couple. If you have a couple on your mind, we oh, have some time. it's more than a couple, Ken. <laughs> no, I was I just, just say like Heather's words. That's what I wrote down. <laughs> and now, I, yeah, you go first. Okay, you build them up. Um, mine would be, uh, kids, your your parents are for you and for your good. They are for you as a person, mm-hmm. not just your present self, but your future self, and they are for your good. They have your best interests in mind. It may not feel like it. It shouldn't feel like it all the time. You shouldn't every, every day go, wow, my parents fully have my best interests in mind. I'm just fully receiving this moment and fully receiving this discipline or correction. Uh, but they, uh, your parents are often parenting you from a place of pain in their life that they want you to try to avoid. Uh, they are parenting you from a place of success and victory that they want to try to lead you toward. Uh, whether that be, uh, yeah, either one of those storylines. But they are for your good, and they're trying to parent you to either avoid things that they stepped into or avoid things that they've they've seen friends or um, the world step into. And so understanding that even when it's difficult, even when it rubs up against your flesh and your pride, and they are for your good, and they are for your future self, not just your present self, so... Be nice to them. Because, you know, I remember I was a jerk to my mom. I was. I was a jerk to my mom a lot. And, you know, um... It was just awful, and I fought over things that you didn't really have to fight over. I was a stubborn, willful kid, so 
I wanted my way all the time. And I dug my heels in even though I knew that I was wrong. And so with that, I knew I was just a, I was a jerk to my parents a lot. Um, be nice to them. Look for ways to bless them. Look for ways to, um, to honor them, to be nice to your siblings, to bless your siblings. Look for ways to, um, I mean, I know that you're like, whatever, lady, you don't know anything. <laughs> but I do, actually, because I remember being your age, um, which made me just sound really old, probably. <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, just, yeah, look for ways to bless them. I'm probably really sorry. And then on the flip side of that, uh, what's one piece of advice, or if you have multiple things, again, I don't, don't want to limit sure. you. If you have, sure, you know, sure. Overflowing wisdom, I don't want to yes, inhibit sure. that at all. Um, what's something that you would um, give advice that you would give to your to parents here as they interact with their children? Be nice to them, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, look for the good in them. Don't always... Um, there are there are times that when you're tired or you're um, you already think they're already on a bad path or something, and that your or your mind has already gone down. You're racing down some path that they've gone down when they haven't even gone there, but your your mind has gone there. So then you're mad at them for something they haven't even done yet. Like just choose to slow down and listen first. And then talk, but listen first. Um, that would mm -hmm. be one of the biggest things I would say. Is that would that will take you way farther? Is to just listen to their story first, and ask more questions. Ask, ask more questions. Ask questions. Get them to talk. Listen, quick to listen, slow to speak. So, yeah, which leads to slow to anger. So uh, we have two. We have two kids. Most of you know that. Uh, she's already said that. Uh, we have two totally different kids. Luke 15 tells the story of an older brother and younger brother. Older brother wants to please uh, dad in the story, uh, do everything that dad says, da 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 da. Um, is it, and the younger brother says, Dad, you, you might as well die. Uh, I want your money. And then takes it, blows it, and then comes back in repentance. So, so we have uh, an older daughter that is prone to uh, frankly, she was a really easy kid to raise. She wanted to please us. Um, she walked in the light. She, she was the older brother. That has its own set of issues, which is not tonight's subject. And then um, our son is prone, was prone to mm -hmm. uh, was. a season um, of uh, significant rebellion over multiple years. And... Um, and literally living out some of that story, and by God's grace, uh, they are both walking with the Lord right now, and um, so, so the Lord has taught us a lot about uh, parenting through pain, mm -hmm. um, which we don't talk about very much in public until it looks like tonight. Uh, <laughs> um, and we were given permission to, that wasn't. Yep. Yeah, so our son was sitting here this morning, he looked down at us like, parenting. What are you talking about tonight? <laughs> 
and, and he said at lunch, he's like, you can talk about anything. Talk okay. about anything you want. Um, so, so here's some random things. Stay engaged with your, with your kids. Um, there's going to be a drift as they get into middle school and high school where you're going you're gonna to be competing with um, uh, friends and jobs and girlfriend, boyfriend, and sports and academics and all the things. Uh, to stay engaged in that, stay prayerful in that. One of the biggest things for us was trying to get to the heart of our child, mm -hmm. whether it was prone to uh, law-based or um, uh, of, a, of an older sister or Eli's um, uh, abuse of grace. So, but trying to um, uh, get to the heart of why are we giving you this consequence or why, why are we live this way and not just... Do this or don't do that. Right. Um, um, trying to, uh, Scripture, John tells us that Jesus came in the fullness of grace and truth. And so as parents, we sought to be uh, in the fullness of grace and truth. And I think it's Paul Tripp, because that's typically who I quote. <laughs> um, but Paul Tripp talks about, uh, like, your, your child comes in broken over something. You do not lead with truth in that moment. You lead with, you lead with grace. You match where they, you match where they are, but then you follow that with truth. You don't, you don't ignore what, what, whatever happened. But and if your child comes in arrogant and proud and all the things and I don't care, and you you lead with you lead with truth. You lead with trying to confront that and call that out, and yet you still follow that with grace, in the fullness of both. Mm -hmm. um, so trying to get to the heart. Um, Trying to, uh, like for me as a dad, um, so our son would get elevated. He'd get hot and he'd get hot fast. And as a 20-something, 30-something, pretty much up until um, about 18 months ago or two years ago, I would match that. And by golly, you don't know me in this way, but I can match it and I can beat it. And you know what? It doesn't change the human heart. Mm -hmm. It doesn't transform the human heart. It feeds your pride as a parent, and it only caused, we talked about this at lunch with him, it, it only caused him to, to rise higher. Dig his heels in more. And someone's got the quote out there, when they go high, you go low. And I, uh, trying to be soft-spoken and, and basically allow their, their um, tantrum just to sit in the air and allow the Holy Spirit to do something with that because we, when we got it right, it was like this... Awkward. Yeah, you hear yourself. You, the kid hears themselves and you're like... And, and you're not matching it. It's a really beautiful Holy Spirit moment. You're like... You're, you're still you're engaging. You're almost whispering <laughs> as they're being very losing dramatic it. and losing right. it. And you're almost whispering quietly slowly talking and they realize wow i'm yeah i'm yeah. really elevated and you're really not and it's a very yeah. it's actually a good technique yeah. and then uh, one other random thing that we talked about is so when our son was going through significant rebellion um, we found out in hindsight that other parents knew uh, teachers and coaches at the school knew and nobody said a word to us because nobody, frankly, I'll, I'll say it this boldly enough, no one loved us enough to say something. So 
you need to be parents, and a lot of you are parents with kids of the same age in this room right now, you need to be parents that are willing to step into those awkward things of like, I've heard about this, I saw this on the phone, and I don't know if it's legit, or I'm just going to be like, I'm just going to step into that awkwardness and, and be willing to extend grace, receive grace. Oh, I totally misinterpreted that, I'm sorry. Like, or I just shoved something into light that the parent didn't know about, that the parent needs to know about. And, and so to be a community of parents for one another versus... In, uh, at the excuse of being nice, you avoid what needs to, um, uh, uh, need to be talked about because that's not nice. We it's, live in a really nice community, but that's not nice. No. It's just, it's, you're not here to be, you're here for your kids' holiness. Right. Not for their happiness. That's a, that's a random thought, but it's yeah. one that we feel strongly about it in, in hindsight. Yes, in hindsight. I think that's a great concluding thought. I mean, that, that's a tweetable quote right there. You're not for your kid's happiness, but you're here to help them for their holiness. I think it's a great yeah. quote to end on. I don't tweet. Dave, you, Dave tweets. No, I'm on Twitter, but I don't yeah. tweet. Oh, you don't tweet. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. I retweet yeah. sometimes. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, there sure. You go. So you do kind of tweet in a sense, but yeah. I got some thoughts. Um, so right now, we're going to open up for Q&A. Mm -hmm. I think we had some people write some questions on some cards as they walked in. Do we have those handy by chance? Mr. Hansacker, Casey, where did those cards go? Uh, but if any of you have, huh? Oh. <laughs> okay, um, if you have any questions that you didn't write on those cards after sitting here tonight, um, whether it's students or parents, if you have any questions for Dave and Heather, um, you can raise your hand and I'll call people out and you can ask your question and then hopefully that they'll, they'll answer. You can ask us anything. We, we will. It can be fun. We're it can be a fun question, a random totes. fun question. I'm assuming serious, more serious questions yes. are welcome Whatever. as well. Whatever yes. you want. Never. Yes. We got Salter over here on the right. We did. We kind of actually we fought about them. How about that? We didn't fight about them. We fought about the wording of them because, yeah, I mean, it was like a, it was a long process to figure out exactly what we wanted. We wrestled with them hard to figure out what we wanted our, our family to really, like, if we died, what? What's our bedrock? What, what we wanted our kids, our grandkids, like, our legacy to be as our family, so... Hang on. We threw a lot of things at the w at the wall, and uh, started long, and, it, and it's still longer than a lot of people would say, um, because we're both wordy. We are. And to feel like, oh, we've got to include that. Can not include that. And other people are more concise, but um, it's not just live, laugh, love, dance. No. It's all the things. Like the guy Coke commercial. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> We got a couple of them here, and this might take us to the end of time unless you guys have other questions that you have um, after hearing them, them talk. This is more of a fun question. Um, where was your first date? Monocle's Pizza in Washington and Sunnyland Theater, and he got me home late on our very first date. But, but they knew about it. But they knew. 
Like and we didn't have cell phones to call what? and say we were going to be late. Uh, forever young, With <laughs> ultra <Mel> cheesy, <laughs> so cheesy, and awesome. So cheesy. <laughs> and okay, and so uh, you got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this will take it. This tone will change it a little bit. From, um, so uh, pizza wise, we got sausage on all of it, and that's the, when I found out that she did not like I mushrooms. Hate mushrooms. <laughs> which um, I still kept pursuing her, and I still agree to that. Yes, and still love that. But so we got mushroom on half because she's missing out on sausage and mushroom being the best pizza on the planet. Nope. Um, but the, the movie, so on the way home from the movie, uh, this will date us, but I had a mixtape uh, queued up to um, a couple, no, it wasn't a mixtape, it was the legit it cassette. It was the legit cassette. Uh, of Journey, which again will date us. <laughs> and I had that queued up and, and we go back and forth to, to which song it was. I it, whether it was faithfully or open arms, yeah. um, but anyways, I had that uh, bad boy queued up it, and it was cued. popped it in smooth. right on business twenty four and smooth. Yeah. Wow. He's smooth. Okay. Yeah. Do you see how gangly I am? I'm smooth. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's more than you wanted. Go ahead. No, that, that's great. I mean, he had to pick me up. It was December twenty sixth, nineteen ninety two. You guys, that's when our first date was. And he had to pick me up at a family Christmas. And my mom has eight brothers and sisters. And so all of my uncles were there. And they, he had to pick me up at that family Christmas. And he came to my locker that week before and said, hey, you want to go on a date? And I'm like, I got to go ask my mom first. And you got to pick me up at a family Christmas if that's the case. And so all my uncles were teasing me like, we are totally going to question this guy. Because they knew his dad because his dad coached him in football. And it was uh, this whole thing. So I was really scared when they he walked really, in the really door, but they were very nice. And so when I asked a person on a date, I looked him in the face yes. and I said words. I yes. said, would you like to go out? I didn't send him a text, a DM, <laughs> a snap, whatever the things. I just went to her locker and said, and I just walked on up. Here we go. And I just looked, him in the, looked her in the face and said, you want to go out? That's a side note. Sometimes you need to be reminded of the <laughs> simple, you know. I can't avenues, see your faces because you're in the dark. Yeah. Like, terrified. Like, you did what? <laughs> I'm sure he was sweating, but it was worth it, right? <laughs> you betcha. Look at that. Uh, so, um, this would be um, more of a serious question, or depending on how you answer it, what, what was the most challenging year of marriage? Uh, this has a, a, a parenthesis, like some people say mm. the first or fifth or maybe tenth year. So, was it early on? Was it later? Was it. COVID, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, our first, no, I mean, our first year was, it wasn't hard. That wasn't hard. Uh. <laughs> right, there's 25 to choose from. Pick yeah. one. <laughs> um. yeah. We've had some seasons where we've had some challenges um, about year three, we had um, worked through some difficult things. Year seven or eight, worked through some hard things. Uh, and then uh, our, our sons. That uh, was probably the hardest season was, was Eli's. Yeah, it wasn't hard on, we weren't challenged against each other. It was just the challenge, the most the hardest season to walk through, but we walked through it together. And I think 
all of the seasons that we walked through that were hard, I would tell you that um, our roots are stronger, like so that when the next challenge came, um, you know, there was, I mean, we, yeah, our roots are stronger, so the, and our roots are in God are stronger. We didn't just rely on each other. That's the thing is, is God is our ultimate. You know, I'm not asking Dave to be my savior. Jesus is my savior. So ultimately, he's the one I trust. And Dave's, you know, he's gravy, I guess. So, yeah. yeah. But our, our roots are stronger so that when next challenges come, we face them more strongly together. James 1 is true. That a test and trial produces perseverance, steadfastness, faithfulness, spiritual maturity, however you want to phrase it. And that's, that's what's taking place, whether it's been trial or test in marriage or trial and test in parenting or ministries in another gym, sure. producing trials and tests. So. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Does anybody have any other last questions before um, we close down the stage? Yes, I see a hand over there. Yeah, Jenny? We did try to do a vacation every year. Now, sometimes it was like, dude, we don't got no money. We're going camping. And that was it. And that was great. I mean, honestly, you know, that was like awesome, too. I yeah. mean, there was, you cool. know, and there were some beach vacations. It was just depending on the year. And it was great. Um, that was a big annual thing trying to do. Um, yeah. But then there's always, you know, I try, yeah, try to get around the table. I mean, now I don't, <laughs> right now, you know, like what we, it, there's probably been like months and we all got around the table the other day for the very first time for a while. You know, it's harder with adult kids, but um, yeah, I don't know. Just, yeah. when they were little, we would put them to bed and then I would wake them up on a random night during the Christmas season um, just one night when they wouldn't know, and I would have hot chocolate already in the car, and um, we would go look at Christmas lights one night. That was fun. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. You have to think about that one. That's a good one, Jenny. I saw possibly another hand in the back. Maybe? No? No. I thought I saw a hand go up in the back. Questions going once? Questions going... Oh, wait, we see someone calling someone else out that they raised their hand in the back. No? Okay. <laughs> You're going to guilt that hand right out, man, aren't you? <laughs> oh, <I'm just laughs> calling the house here, man. <laughs> um, questions going once? Going twice? Sold. Um, something that we like to do here at Hype when we invite um, guest speakers to do a testimony, or even when we have one of our own leaders uh, share their testimony, and share um, specific parts about their life. What we like to do is we like to pray for them at the end. Um, nor normally in non-COVID year, we would all come up and we would surround them on the stage. But because it's still technically a COVID year, we're going to uh, stay where we're sitting. And as a sign of support, we're just going to ask that you put your hand out towards the Steinbacks. And I will um, end our time with some prayer. Father God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the parents and students who showed up and um, who desired to know you 
more and grow in a deeper relationship with you and uh, a, a deeper relationship with, with one another and with their parents. God, I thank you for Dave and Heather as they uh, were willing to share uh, their life, their stories about um, just how you have worked in their marriage, how you worked in their own personal lives, and how you've worked in how they parent their kids. God, I just pray for them as they go out tonight, God, that you would keep, um, keep them close to you, God, that you would just bless them as they lead uh, our, our church, as they pastor, as they shepherd, as they walk alongside of a lot of us, uh, as they push us to become more like you. God, we pray for them as they have some big events coming up in their, in their lives, having a daughter getting married this spring. God, I pray that you would just uh, give them space to, to slow down in a, in a season that is really, really busy. Help them to stay focused on you. As God, we pray that not only would they deepen their relationship with you, but their marriage would grow. They would grow closer to each other, that they would be more uh, just dependent on one another and on you. God, we love you, we serve you, we praise you in all that we say and do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. One yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dave and Heather also want to pray for the parents here and for the children and students as well that are here. Uh, father, uh, thank you for being a perfect father to us. Uh, thank you for being gracious, compassionate, merciful, uh, steadfast, faithful. And God, we thank you that because of your faithfulness, uh, you promised to us in First Thessalonians 5 that Paul writes that he is faithful, he will do it. And uh, in our own family tree, we have seen that play out. And we are currently seeing that play out in, uh, in our children's lives. I pray that that would only, uh, it, it would play out and bear fruit in significant ways in the family trees represented here. I pray that the parents would be faithful to plant and water and that you would cause the growth. I thank you for the leaders here who've been faithful to plant and water and continue to do so. As I consider Heather's life, I, it was not only a mom, but also a youth leader and um, leaders within a church family who planted and watered, and uh, it is still bearing fruit to this day. And as a husband, I'm grateful. And so I pray that you would give great endurance to these parents, give them joy, strength, a deepening dependence upon you, and I pray for these children and for these students that you would give them a boldness uh, for their faith, give them a courage that is like Joshua, give them uh, strength to persevere, and give them a, a dependence upon your spirit as they walk by faith. I thank you for this generation. I pray that you would do great and powerful, God-glorifying things in and through this ne next generation. We pray this in your name. Amen.